1: the two-man power trip of wrestling i am your host jp john Paz. and with me today special guest you may know him as the intern from the Arusso brand of course he's from the juke pod and blv he is none other than mitchell malani mitch welcome into the two-man power trip
0: thanks for having me on john looking forward to this conversation i know that we're gonna talk about a lot whether it's football sports or wrestling or whatever so i've listened to your show i've actually edited a couple of your shows so i'm a fan myself
1: Nice. Thank, awesome. Thank you for editing. Appreciate that. Nice. <laughs> no problem. Good stuff. But what's going on? What are you up to? I know you're keeping very, very busy with BLV and doing uh, stuff with Dr. Jan Welter. I mean, you're keeping pretty damn busy uh, over there.
0: Yeah, John, right now in, in my life, it's kind of like a transitional phase for me because I'm just kind of getting out of school now. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my life sort of thing. So, of course, we have the brand and the Realm Network moving forward, which will be fun. And also my own ventures with the bottom line view, the juke pod. So yeah, three or four different things that I'm juggling, trying to find the best way to go about it.
1: You're like uh, Tony Khan over there. You got four different things going on and you have to have time management. Hopefully I'm
0: better at at those things than him. I'm I'm just going (laughs) to say that much.
1: With obviously school and stuff, where did you go to school? I mean, you're, you're a pretty young guy. You're fresh out. Where'd you go?
0: Ryerson University in Toronto. So, it's a sports media program in in Toronto. So, that's specifically the program I took and very fun, very good program. Recommend it to anybody looking to get into sports media or media in general.
1: Is that how you got hooked up with Vinny Rue Vince Russo?
0: Yeah, so through an internship. I actually already I was a fan of of the brand, so I was I was listening to it the whole time. I was like Vince seems like a good guy to learn from, obviously, with his experiences. He's a creative guy. It felt like I didn't know him, but it felt like he was a pretty personable g- guy and maybe boss as well. So I was like, maybe I'll reach out to Vince and see like if he has a spot for me, if I can do anything. And that's just how it went about. It was through an internship program at Ryerson.
1: So he contacted you. You contacted him.
0: I emailed him, and I was like, do you have an internship? And he kind of said, we don't really do that, but like maybe we could work something out. And it took quite a while. Like I had to go back and forth. I wasn't sure if I was going to get it because at the same time, I was actually getting the juke started as well. And that was going to be like an internship. That's what it initially was going to be, but it turned into something else. So I kept hitting up Vince every once in a while, every few weeks. So after a month or two, eventually it just worked itself out we got on skype and then we got started
1: with him what'd you think like you know you're first meeting him did you think like oh he is nice he's personable, or yeah. oh, who is this guy from new york who does this guy <laughs> think he is
0: no i mean he kind of lived up to everything i thought he was gonna be in terms of like the the person that he is on the shows he's pretty much the same person and that's nice to see because i think I think he doesn't really uh, get the right, I guess, whole deal in terms of the way people look at him from his wrestling days. But I do think he's a great guy, and glad to be on the brand now.
1: So, what was the role initially? Like, um, castrating the marks, and obviously, yeah, so sure. Like, what was the initial kind of role when you first brought it? Got was kind
0: of like everything, like because I was an intern, so I was do whatever sort of to help, but. It started with, like, putting out tweets and then learning how to do that for every show. Jeff would go over some things with me. Then I would be editing a few clips and shows on YouTube and then doing thumbnails and things on YouTube. Then going on Castrating the Marks, sort of. It started as a sit-in. Like, I never knew I was actually going to get on the show or be on the show at all. But it just was like, come and see how we do this sort of thing. And that's kind of where it went. But that's how it started, kind of doing a little bit of small things. And then once they saw I could handle more, they just gave
1: me more. Now the internship is over. Are you fully on board? Are you fully a part of the brand?
0: Fully a part of the brand and planning on having some of my own shows as well. So that's pretty exciting in the NFL space. So that's going to be good.
1: Gotta mention this though. You got some heat. I don't know why. I don't but, know why. Uh, yeah, why? What happened there?
0: John, what's up with that? I don't even talk to any of these people. Like, how do they know me? I I don't know.
1: I guess they, they were listening to Cash in the Marks and you popped on. They're probably like, who is this guy? Mitch the Inter. Who the who the hell? What why the heat? Where did where did that come from? What the hell's going on with these
0: guys? I don't want to say it, but I'll say it anyway. I think it might be jealousy. I don't know, John. You can you can sort it out for yourself but that's kind of the feeling that i get personally is maybe jealousy they thought they should have that spot like honestly whatever I, i deal with that on my own youtube channel anyways i get a bunch of hater comments but um hopefully it's not real haters out there hopefully it's just kind of for fun and that's what i've been treating it as but i don't know
1: Hey, Howard Stern used to get hate listeners all the time, and you know, guys, right. guys like that, and and I miss and stuff. People are like, oh, I hate this guy, but they listen to him. So as long as they're listening, you know, as long as they're using their ears, that that's kind of a good thing. And in a weird, weird way, it might be a good thing.
0: Very true. Yeah, I agree.
1: I just love that Vince plays it up too because <laughs> Mike Durbin, who big big yeah. part of the brand, or you know, he does a lot of different things, but he's a big uh, brand member, Russo fan, and he does a show with Vince uh, once in a while. Venom vinyl. I just thought it was funny that Russo brings it up on air, <laughs> and then he makes you apologize to it. Just a little comedy thrown in there too. I just thought that was yeah, hilarious. It's I was good. Like, oh, it's, it's good. So I,
0: I mean, I play, I play it up too. I try to at least, you know, try to make it entertaining for the show's sake. So sorry, Mike. I apologize. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I was gonna say you have to apologize,
0: <laughs> Vince. Like, yeah, he actually said to me that Mike doesn't listen or watch to the sh- watch the show anymore. So I don't know. <laughs> if that was because of me or what that was but it's funny though
1: vince loves him though you gotta we got you know you gotta apologize vince wants you to apologize sorry, mike. To him, i guess <laughs> i love that he pops on sorry mike yeah yep. <laughs> so with uh castrate and the marks were you ever familiar with Meltzer, keller all those guys beforehand or is that literally from being on that show it made you familiar with those guys
0: well Like I said, I was a fan of of the brand before, so I knew of them at least from when they started castrating the marks. I think the only one I may have heard of was Dave Meltzer because I was a big wrestling fan, but I I wasn't really in the, I guess you would call it the dirt sheet space or like looking at that sort of stuff. And then I kind of came across like Wade Keller and things through interviews and stuff like that, but... I didn't really know who Wade Keller was per se. So I I knew of them, but didn't really know them, if that makes sense.
1: Yep. I gotcha. You like the uh, format of the show? You think that's pretty funny? You know, oh. basically kind of, it's not even going against them. It's playing what they've said or reading tweets or something and just kind of commenting on what they've said. It's not us or, or Vince or whoever burying them. It's almost them burying themselves to a certain extent. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal concept. I think it's one of the best podcasts out of... I listen to a lot of podcasts. I make a lot of podcasts. It's one of the best podcasts out there. Like, if you're not listening to it, I highly recommend it because, like you said, it's all organic content. It's not like somebody's writing this out, being like, this is what Wade Keller's going to say this week. They're legitimately saying this stuff. Like This is real, but also it's just unbelievable sometimes. And I think it's just a good mix of you got the audio, you got the tweets, you got everything in the realm of wrestling. And it just puts together into a great, it's a comedy show. I think even wrestling fans can enjoy it.
1: You don't necessarily have to know who those guys are exactly to to enjoy it. And sometimes, like Keller, for instance, is trying to be entertaining, he's trying to be funny, but it's just, maybe it misses the mark or something. So it's just, it's not even like being mean-spirited. To me, I know some people say it is being mean-spirited, but to me it's not. It's it's very comedy. It's very parody. It's ju- making a joke out of the guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's what Vince and Jeff are going for. I mean, sometimes I think it, it gets a little, like, just so unbelievable for those two guys that sometimes they do take their shots. I'm not going to lie. Like, sometimes you do hear it come out. But, I mean, it's just a very entertaining show. I think the thing about it, too, is that all this time, all the episodes they've they've put together, they have become characters. Like you can outline, this is Dave Meltzer. This 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 is that character. This is Wade Keller. You know, like almost like they've become their own character on a TV show. So that's absolutely hilarious.
1: Wade does some pretty good impersonations. So he oh, misses yeah. the mark on a couple, of them, but he does a couple pretty good with Undertaker, Braun Strowman. He's got some good ones.
0: I'm waiting for the day that he actually nails one, and the reaction <laughs> of Vince when he actually nails a impression. I think that's going to be great.
1: Vince would be like, "Oh my god, that was that was actually pretty good. You got to give him some credit."
0: Who is your favorite character on the on castrating the marks?
1: As far as when Wade does it,
0: no. In terms of every person on there, oh, like to listen to the clips or something. It-
1: it got to be, even though I really like him and I know him personally and I like him, but Meltzer, because some of the stuff he says is just, I don't know, it's like completely outlandish. Because it's <laughs> almost, if you really kind of read some of his stuff, and I have books of his and you know, yeah. observers and stuff, and some of the stuff is like really good and really well written. And then you listen to him talk sometimes, you're like, is that the same guy? It, it's just like, I don't know. He almost gets into the, like the the wrestling bubble, really, in the fantasy world, mm-hmm. and he kind of loses himself a little bit. But he, some of the stuff that he comes out with, like that Dennis Miller story. Oh my God, that's one (laughs) of the. You never heard the Dennis Miller? And his voice cracks? Never heard the Dennis Miller story? He's the best. You like uh, Dave the best or you like somebody else?
0: I think Dave is the constant. Like, he is the main character in a way. Like, every week, you know you're going to get good Dave Meltzer, whatever it is, tweets, audio, just the comedy is going to be on point from him. But I think the best. The two best stories for me for Dave Meltzer are the hot topic story. That one is I I can like I can't get over that one. And the banana the banana story with his ex-girlfriend. Oh, that one yes. is also phenomenal too. Yes. But yes. yeah, Dennis Miller is great too. And then um I don't know. I don't really find Wade that funny. I kind of find him more like I don't I'm not trying to be mean, but like kind of irritating in a way where it, it becomes like comedy because of the way that Vince and Jeff react to what he says. I think that's more the comedy. Dave is more funny in himself. And then I think Bruce Mitchell is just outlandish. He is, he's phenomenal. I
1: love that clip where the doorbell goes off. I guess maybe he <laughs> records close to the front door, but oh, that's so funny. It's like, in Continental, like, Ding,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Great. All those guys, though in in their own way, you're right, have like their own unique personality and and have you know little little things that that either can work for them or against them. Like when yeah. Keller starts cutting promos and stuff, mm-hmm. and I know that guy doesn't do them anymore. I guess he got in trouble. But man, when they matched up the guy's video, like say Stephanie, and then he's yeah, cutting yeah, the yeah. promo with Stephanie, that was genius stuff. That was awesome.
0: So you know which one of? Do you know all of them? Yes. So what is it like to actually listen to the show, watch the show, and then know who they are?
1: (laughs) It is – in some ways it's kind of funny because it's almost like two different worlds. It's like this is the serious them and then here's like the side of them because you know like part of them is like not mad but just like, oh, don't make fun of me for something I've said. But it's so ridiculous you almost have to laugh at yourself and I don't think they get that. Yeah. Part of it, like, sometimes, like, if I say something stupid, like, oh, I just got to laugh that off, that was stupid, or that was a mistake or something, or, or, oh, man, that was a really bad impersonation, these guys, for some reason, they're so serious about it, and wrestling is so serious to them, they can't decipher, they can't uh, take it into two different worlds, but that, I just kind of split it down the middle, I'm like, I take them seriously over here, but when I have to listen to some of the silly shit they say, I gotta move them into this hilarious category here, <laughs> where they're just being outlandish.
0: Yeah, you could just say, hey, man, you're a funny guy
1: yeah Dave are dave you got an awesome personality that we yeah. didn't really know about because you're talking about you know el santo and all this serious stuff he should use that on the show more i agree right i agree and alvarez who's really if you like know him he's very sarcastic so he'll get melzer sometimes too and be like really dave that, that's really what happened yeah that, that comes like, out on the show yeah, yeah. Yep. for sure the, the uh, costco story is pretty funny too oh yeah the, That's like a new he was, classic. Yeah, like he's wearing the mask but the person noticed. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so to see some of the stuff he says you cannot take like seriously like you, it's it's hilarious but he would probably never uh, never agree with that. But uh kind of just moving gears. You kind of were saying about the brand and maybe bringing some shows. What kind of shows are we talking about? Football related shows?
0: Yeah. I mean, I have other ideas too. I won't give that away cuz nothing's like set in stone or anything, but like I think the idea is for me to do probably an NFL show, maybe a fantasy football type show, and and that will be a part of the brand cuz the brand's looking to expand into different categories of entertainment beyond wrestling, so I think I'll play a part in terms of the sports stuff.
1: Nice. And I see you've been doing the uh, the top 30, right? You've been ranking the quarterbacks, yeah. the running backs and receivers. How's that going? Are you seeing some uh, some success from the the rankings cuz people love that stuff.
0: Yeah, people love rankings. They love to rather just most of the time they like to hate on you and hate on your opinion, which is totally cool. Like I I get it. and I love it. But yeah, every video is fun. And just to see the reaction, like some people will be like, I loved your quarterback rankings here. But I didn't like your running back rankings, but I agree with your wide receiver rankings. And then I I wish this player was higher, but this player was lower. So, I mean, it just starts conversation. That's what it's all about when you're creating a a content or a video is you want to create conversation for your subscribers or whoever a new viewer to talk about.
1: Create some debate, right? It's like okay, yeah. Rodgers is number one, Mahomes. You know, you kind of go back and forth a little bit, create a little bit of a debate with the person.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what it's all about. I also like doing it. I mean, I've been doing rankings way before I, I had a channel or a platform. So like for me, it's it's fun. I just like thinking about this, and I and throughout the season, you kind of have in your mind like, oh, this guy I think is like number two or three. Like maybe he's jumped in the top five. Like the interesting thing is that josh allen had a breakout season like where do i actually rank him this year that sort of thing
1: so who is the top five quarterbacks in the ranking? Top
0: five quarterbacks so top five quarterbacks i have patrick mahomes aaron Rodgers, josh allen tom brady and russell wilson those were my top
1: five sounds about right. in that order or did
0: it was in that-, in that order yeah so the one that i was kind of i was Contemplating both number one, number two, and then I was contemplating number three, number four, and then R- Wilson was pretty secure at number five. I didn't include Deshaun Watson either, so for anyone wondering,
1: what's going on with him? What's the latest? Is he going to play? Is he in trouble? What's going on?
0: I doubt he's going to play. I'll just say that. <laughs>
1: Man, he, what, how many people or women came out against him? That was a lot because there was rumors that, oh, he's going to be traded. And all of a sudden, well, he can't be traded anymore because of all this backlash.
0: Yeah, too, too many to count. So when that, that, that amount comes out, I think I just try to stay away, stay far away as possible, remove him from the conversation, and just talk about football. That's what I want to do. I don't want to get into that mess, to be
1: honest. What about Jeff Lane's boy, Josh Allen? Do you think he's going to be better this year? Because he had a great year last year. Yeah. But then in the playoffs against the Chiefs, he kind of went back to same old Josh Allen. Is he going to get mm-hmm. over that hump this year or are we going to see that same old Josh?
0: It's tough to say that he'll get over the hump because he was so good, like you said last year. He was like borderline MVP level. Like I think it was yeah. Rodgers, then it was Allen. So it's tough for him to get better. Obviously, he's young and he'll improve. I think he'll improve aspects to his game. Maybe he won't be in the like true MVP maybe he will but i just have always been a josh allen guy like ever since he was coming out of the draft which is kind of opposite to a lot of other people but when you watched him coming out of college the physical gifts just they they are just insurmountable they're ridiculous i mean i've never seen a guy throw the ball as hard as him as fast as him and then you combine that with the size and the speed and the rushing ability it's just like now that he's fixed his mechanics and accuracy issues that he's had, I don't think there's anything stopping him from maintaining top five level of play for the next 10 years.
1: Why didn't the Giants draft? I'm a big Giants fan. Why didn't they draft him when they had the opportunity? I know they were saying, oh, you're going to draft this guy and this quarterback. I think they went with Saquon that year, but it was Saquon, like yeah. they needed a like a quarterback. They needed a like, I don't know. To me, I was like, man, yeah, I would have went after him of all the guys because he had the best upside to me in, yeah. in that draft.
0: Yeah, I would have drafted him first. At Cleveland. Yeah, well, Cleveland,
1: Cleveland could have drafted, Cleveland drafted
0: yeah. Baker. I guess Baker was sort of like the safest out of all the quarterbacks, but because he had enough like physical upside. When you watch Baker, like he's got a good arm and all that stuff. He can move around, but he also like had proven it at the college level versus good opponents. So I get the Baker pick. Obviously, I was more of an Allen and actually Lamar guy as well, which just so happens I was right about that, but I'm not always right. But, yeah, Josh Allen, I would have picked him if I was the Giants because, like I said, I would have picked him first. So if I was the GM of the team, I would have picked Allen. But to not – I mean, Saquon, like, he was looked at as a generational running back. I still think he is. The the only issue with him is he's been hurt. I I think he's phenomenal. So. It's tough, in the running back position, that's the whole debate today. Is like it's not very valuable, you know, especially in comparison to the quarterback position. So, I don't think since then, and I don't think there will be in the next few years, like a running back that goes that high in the draft.
1: To me, and the Giants should have learned their lesson from about fourteen years earlier. So they had Tiki. He's the whole yeah. team. He's the best, one of the best running backs in the league, probably top five. Mm-hmm. He's got. Then he leaves oh, then we're a more well-rounded team all around. We win the Super Bowl the next freaking year. That's right. I don't know. You think that they would be above that thinking like, okay, we don't need that great generational running back. We need to surround the team of good players, get a good quarterback who's solid, and then we can have a, you know, a whole kind of a wide range of a team here. I don't know. To me, I was like, man, I like the Saquon pick, kind of. And then I was like, man, it just you, you didn't need that one good player. You need a bunch of good players. And you need a quarterback first and foremost. And Daniel Jones, not the guy.
0: Not a Daniel Jones guy. I think that's the interesting thing to me is that was it the year after or two years after, right? They picked Daniel Jones. I think yeah, it was year after, the year yeah. after. Way so, early
1: too, sixth pick.
0: Right, and Daniel Jones was like for a lot of people like way picked way too early like you said or people didn't consider him like a consensus top 10 pick for sure. So – When you looked at the draft class before and then you compared it to the draft class after, like you said, it it was a bad pick to pick Saquon, not because he's not a great player, but because when you looked at that draft the year before, you could have picked, right? You could have picked Mayfield, Allen, and you could have picked Lamar and even Darnold. The only one that really would have stunk was Rosen. Right, so you could have hit on four, and I would argue that even if you got Darnold, who's been the worst of the four, he's nearly around the same level as Daniel Jones, right? Right, right. So like, yeah. you could have picked your poison out of those four quarterbacks, and you probably would have been right. <laughs> so, and, and it's not necessarily hard to find a running back. So, yeah, I don't know, man.
1: And it's funny, too, that Daniel Jones here is like, okay, they needed defense, defense, defense. <laughs> and they, yeah. they didn't get it. Like, you got Daniel Jones. I don't know. It was just bad all Maybe around. it was then-
0: Eli. Like, because they still had Eli, right? Maybe they're still trying to give Eli a chance. I don't know. But I felt like Eli was already kind of done at that point, too. So what do you think about that?
1: I feel like he was done at that point. The team around him sucked. Maybe if you surrounded him with the defense that they had last year, and you had Eli as quarterback, I think they would have been a lot better. Because I don't, he he would have stepped up his game and he wouldn't have had as many turnovers. I don't think as Daniel Jones, who's like the turnover king. Anytime you you think that he's not going to turn the ball over, he does. He just <laughs> fumble, interception. He just too much. I think Eli would have had better control of the ball because he kind of he went through that years earlier where he was turning over the ball like crazy. But yeah. if he had a good defense, I think that uh, they would have been better. I, hell, even when Colt McCoy was was playing for those few weeks, they played better because at least he didn't turn over the ball. You know, they beat the like the Seahawks to be 17-6 or something, but at least he didn't turn <laughs> it over.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Like, Daniel Jones, I think, has a lot of talent. Like, I'll watch games where he has big-time throws down the field. And he makes great plays, and, and with his legs as well, where he's capable of, of breaking a big play. But like you said, it, it's mostly the mental thing. Like, I think he holds on to the ball too long. Not great under pressure. I Hopefully, this is the year where he can prove himself. Like, this is the year for him. It's rather he's going to make it or it's going to break it with get, adding Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney and all these yeah. guys that they've added. The offensive line still needs a bit of work, in my opinion. But, like, this team right now, if Daniel Jones plays well, they'll make the playoffs. That's that's what I believe but if he does if he plays the way that he has been playing they're an average team.
1: Yep, which is crazy cuz the one position that you need is the quarterback and that's the one that's like questionable and the line too obviously but it's questionable yeah. they have so many talent on the defensive side and the offensive side at key positions it's crazy they're, they're loaded right now Gettleman did a great job with getting good defense after having a couple bad drafts Daniel Jones Thomas the uh, left tackle they drafted who literally was the fourth best tackle <laughs> in the draft hell if you look at over the next town or you know the, in the same town if you look over the, the Jets yeah, Beckton. that guy Becton is a friggin' beast I would have picked him easily oh but he has weight problems uh yeah get him not to have weight <laughs> problems The is a monster. Was
0: phenomenal
1: worse another guy uh, yeah yep.
0: <laughs> yeah that's just tough i mean thomas i think the guy like the guy that went to cleveland um wills i think he mm-hmm. he was like probably projected for most people number one he was like the third best so it's kind of funny how that w- that worked out I think it's almost like reverse order of how they were drafted is how they ended up so far, but we'll see. I, I'm willing to give. You also have to take into account with Thomas, like the rest of the line wasn't very good, so it's it's not really helping him.
1: Yeah, Will Hernandez somehow he was supposed to be great. He's been horrible. But I, just eye test, look at that guy back then. You're like, okay, this yeah, this see, guy see. is a monster. Like even for NFL level, he is a monster amongst everybody there. He's just yeah. a beast. Just literally. Put him in left tackle. Who cares if Will Hernandez has a shitty year? This guy can kind of cover both you know both positions a little bit. Just I, don't know, I was like, man, why does Kettleman keep missing on the offensive end with these guys? Damn it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's always been a guy too. Like, offense this is why I was surprised he, he didn't go like offensive line this year or or edge but edge rusher because he's usually been like a defensive line, offensive line guy, especially back in his days with the Panthers. That's kind of always been his identity. He's, he's somewhat gotten away with that with a couple skill position picks, which aren't really in his, I think, house of like knowledge. And then, of course, he had to go with the quarterback. That's understandable. But, yeah, I, I think he's built a pretty good team for the coach right now in Joe Judge, who I'm a believer in. I think Joe Judge is a good coach. And I think he's built the correct type of defense that they want to run there, which is very similar to my team, the Patriots. And it, it all comes down to me, like, yes, they could improve the offensive line. That's the one unit I think they could improve along with maybe a pass rusher or two that would help. But it comes down to Daniel Jones. Like, at some point, you got to prove yourself. This is the year to prove yourself. If not, they've got, I think this is what he's done really well. They now have a couple first-round picks that they can go next year. They can move up in the draft, grab a quarterback, or they can stay where they're at and grab a quarterback. So I don't think they're really in a bad spot either way, even if Daniel Jones isn't good.
1: True. You mentioned the Patriots. Got to yeah. talk about them for a second. Horrible history, even though the record <laughs> wasn't that bad. They were just a bad team. Belichick still there, spends the most money in free agency history. Now he's going to kind of right the wrong and right the ship but can they go anywhere with cam newton as the, the starting qb a lot
0: of people hate on cam <laughs> especially patriots fancy so you would be surprised but i like cam i've always liked cam i'm a cam guy and i think he didn't really get a fair shot last year in my opinion because first right he had a shortened off season in the most complex offense in the league coming off of tom brady in 20 years in the system you had the worst skill position talent i've ever seen in my life i mean these guys weren't nfl players like we're running out there no tight end to speak of like last in production now they've added johnny smith and hunter henry who are both great players excellent now you have receivers there who actually are nfl players like nelson aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, who they also added. He seems to have rapport with Jacoby Myers, who kind of came out of nowhere. Yep. So just overall, the weapons around Cam are much, much better. The offensive line's already good, and I think they're they're one of the better ones in the league, along with the run game, which I think Cam makes better in his own right because he is a runner himself. Now, Cam had his own issues. I think the COVID thing kind of started it because he got behind the eight ball in terms of kind of preparing for games and recognition of the offense. And I think that hurt him, but his mechanics started to get away from him as well. We saw games last year where he was really, really, really good. You know, the Seattle game, the Texans game, the Jets game. There was a few games that you watched him and you're like, wow, this is like Cam of old. And then there were other games where they played good defenses like the Rams and the Broncos, and he looked awful. So, as long as he doesn't have to do everything and be Superman like he was in Carolina and he can just be like more so a manager and play to his strengths and now you have playmakers who can get open and make plays. I think Cam can be successful with this team and I, the way that I put it is, John, is like New England is arguably the most unique team in the league the way that they are situated in terms of the way they want to play football like because they have they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets there's no other team that does that they're a team with a just physical specimen at quarterback who's going to run the ball they're a power running team with a huge offensive line they have a defense who to me like we brought up the giants they're very similar in terms of their makeup the patriots defense was not long ago the best in the league like two seasons ago and they have a great secondary Uh, They added guys like Matt Judon, Dante Hightower is coming back on defense. So they are going to have a very good defense and they always have a good special teams. So they can really, like teams like the Bills, the teams like the Chiefs, they play versus those teams to their weaknesses. They can attack their weaknesses better than a lot of other teams. The question is, like, what's that quarterback going to be? That's really the question, like, can Cam be consistent or is it going to be Mac Jones? To me, it will be Cam the whole year, and then Mac Jones will take over after that. But, yeah, I, I like the way the Patriots look on paper right now, and we'll just see how Belichick takes it to the field.
1: And we'll see how Mac Jones is in the future. He's kind of got yeah. that Brady chip on his shoulder kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I know he didn't get picked that late as, as far as Brady did, but, I mean, he's got that little chip on his shoulder where it's like, man, I should have been picked higher, and, I, you know, I'm a national champion. I'm undefeated college quarterback. You know, come on. Yeah.
0: No, I love Mac Jones. I was so happy when they picked him. Like, I was jumping out of my chair. I know a lot of people weren't super high on Mac, mostly because of his, I think, physical traits. They, they don't pop off the screen. But I've never seen a college quarterback process information and be as smart as Mac Jones. And I think that's something that if you're going to transition from Tom Brady to the next guy, that's something you want. And he's accurate. He's deadly accurate. So he doesn't have to be Tom Brady. But if, if he can be, I'll take I'll take a Matt Ryan, okay. And if he can be that, I'll be very very happy. And he seems to have the right attitude, the right work ethic, and I think he's gonna do. I think he's gonna do well in New England. But I do think that this year, give him a year to sit behind a, a guy in Cam who's been around the NFL. He's won the MVP. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's a good leader. Belichick loves him. So I think Mac Jones can learn from Cam and then take over in the future
1: we're talking about the patriots we just mentioned tom brady yeah and losing him was was huge for them obviously it was just not looking good not as far as like okay the team isn't as good but when the guy leaves tom brady and everyone's saying was it belichick was it brady brady basically calls his own shot wins the super bowl Kind of goes on the side of like I guess Brady was carrying that team for a little yeah. bit, you know what I mean? It kind of just goes in that direction, but pretty amazing seven titles. He literally calls his own shot, put out a video, Eminem without me saying he's going to win the title, saying, "Oh, by the way, I'm bringing my boy Gronk, and he's yeah. going to win another title." Oh, I want Antonio Brown because that's my boy. Uh, oh, Leonard Fournette, yeah, I want him. <laughs> you know, what I mean? he basically he was like, "I want this, 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 this," you know, and and yeah. we're going to win. Pretty amazing.
0: It's amazing. Here's the thing, John, is like... I might get hate from, I guess, true Patriots fans or whatever. I was almost rooting for Tom Brady to leave. We we talked about this before we got on air. Not because I'm not a Patriots fan. This is why. Every single Patriot hater, Brady hater. The only thing they could say at this point last year was... He can't do it without Belichick. It's the only thing they could say. So as a true Brady fan, I wanted to see him go somewhere and prove that it wasn't just, you know, the Patriots system. Tom Brady's the system. He leaves, he goes to another team, and he has success. He didn't have to win the Super Bowl, but have success. I think he picked a team in Tampa that was very underrated, like they had phenomenal talent. And they just needed a leader and a quarterback and a good, you know, a good quarterback to put that together. And then he, along with it, he brought some friends along. But I think he left at the right time because New England had to go through a little bit of a rebuilding year because they had no cap space, a lot sure. of the, the whole COVID thing. And they didn't have the talent around him on offense. I, I don't think Brady is this guy anymore, Where which is why he's not like the best in the league anymore to me, but he's still one of the best is he can make good players great or great players phenomenal, but I don't think he can make bad players good anymore. Like back in the day with Brady, it was like you could put anybody around him and they'd still win and still be good. But now it's like, okay, he would like to have a little bit more help. And, and I think we saw that in Tampa where if you just give him a little bit more help, he's putting up 40 touchdowns, 50 including the playoffs. So uh, they're going to be great again this year, I think.
1: And just, I just love that. It's like, uh, Tom, who do you want on the team? Gronk, Brown, <laughs> Fournette. Okay. Um, we, already and then, got Evans. we already got Evans. Yeah, him. yeah. You already have Mike Evans, for Christ's sake, who's <laughs> awesome. And, and the funny thing about him, he kind of was a decoy a little bit. He was injured for yeah. most of the last part of that year. So just having him out there is kind of a threat, which is smart, obviously, on, on the team's part. It's like, hey – you know, you might get one catch this game, but you know, you're know you going to cause probably a double team or, or at least a look, a second look from mm-hmm. the safety or something. So that was kind of key, too, to have Evans, who's good. Um, Godwin, good. He had too many drops, though, but still good player. He had
0: broken um, fingers, too. I mean, like, oh, okay. Evans was hurt. Godwin was, that's why he had so many All drops, because he was wearing like a cast on his fingers. So two of his fingers were tied together. So he was trying to catch Didn't realize ball. that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, like that, sort of. So he yeah, Godwin was playing hurt and Evans was playing hurt and hopefully they're healthy this season. I really want to see that Evans dynamic grow because we, we know how great he can be even independently of Brady. And I didn't think he was playing at his best last year because of those injuries specifically to his hamstring, which hurt his speed. But like you said, he was a decoy. So the number one corner kind of had to guard him. So that makes everybody else have a better matchup out there. And then... And when you're talking about um, the Bucks, Tom Brady, Tom Brady was hurt. Yeah. Came out after the season, he had a hurt knee that he was playing with all year. So <laughs> I, the, the, I, they're going to be really good. Let's just say that. But Tom Brady was really good at his age, even with an injury, which is phenomenal. Yeah.
1: And I loved it too because my buddy was saying who's going to win. It's like I don't. Know, I think the Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. I go I'm a little nervous because Mahomes can literally pull plays out of his ass, and you know what I mean. Tyreek Hill's the fastest guy in the league, so it's like oh man, like what's going to happen here? But I said Shaq Barrett and JPP somehow under the radar, under under um, underrated guys, no idea how, and they both <laughs> completely dominated and took over the game.
0: Yeah, I, I remember because I actually believe it or not, pick the Bucks to win the Super Bowl before the season started.
1: Whoa, wow. Nice. Yeah.
0: I actually had them beating the Bills in the Super Bowl. I was close, but... Yep. Uh, it was more like, I picked the Bills kind of like, I was like, I had the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. I was like, I kind of want to mix it up here.
1: <laughs> but... You know, I thought the Bills were going to beat the Chiefs too because when they played yeah. earlier in the year, I felt like they figured out the Chiefs a little bit that they could beat them when they played them right. again. And obviously that was not even close. That.
0: Yeah. Yeah, unfortunate for
1: Jeff. But... Yeah, when
0: you look at it, I think the bucks they were loaded coming into the year, and I felt like they would go through their bumps in the road, which kind of happened, but it was frustrating while you were watching it as somebody that was, I adopted the Bucks as like my second team, right, so I was watching every snap and every play, which I try to watch for all teams, but it's kind of hard to do, so... With the Bucs, it was like they were playing teams and losing. And I was like, they just, like, they're so much more talented than these teams. Like, they just got to put together the game plan. Like, I felt like the coaching was off. The chemistry between Brady and the receivers were off. They eventually got it on a roll at the end of the season. And then you started to see it kind of build on throughout the playoffs. Once you got to that Super Bowl, it was like everyone was sort of saying the Chiefs are favored. They're going to win because Andy Reid's going to figure it out and Patrick Mahomes is going to make plays, it's like, well, that's not actually, like, NFL analysis here. Like, can we look at the actual (laughs) matchups in terms of this game? That's the problem where people fall into the trap is like, well, where do the Chiefs, can they actually attack and beat the Bucs? Not like, Mahomes is just going to run around and throw the ball. Like, give me some reason. So when you actually looked at it logically, when you watch that game, it was like, that is how, like, on paper this game would turn out and it was one of those rare super bowls where on paper and the actual game was actually what happened which a lot of the times that doesn't happen so
1: right don't doesn't matter how good mahomes is his, yeah. line, his line was a little bit struggling. And even if he did have a healthy line, I don't know if you could go up against Sue, Barrett, and JPP and, and do well because yeah. it just wasn't a good matchup for, for them. Like, okay, I want to have enough time to throw the ball. You're not going to have a lot of time to throw the ball. I mean, it's going to yeah. and, and Tyreek Hill's not going to be able to run deep patterns. And gonna, maybe you can dump it to Kelsey, and, and that's fine. But you're not going to have your normal game plan against that team. Just mm-hmm. too good of a defense.
0: Yeah, their defense was phenomenal, especially when they got that big Vita Vea back.
1: Yes, him he too. was really Peace. good
0: yep. versus the Packers. And then, well, we saw the same thing versus the Packers, which the Packers had one of the best offensive lines in the league. I know they lost David Bakhtiari, but they destroyed that offensive line in and the, and the NFC Championship on the road. And then they go to the Super Bowl, they're playing a bunch of backups. So it was even worse. But even versus a team like the Saints, they were, with Drew Brees barely dropping back to throw the ball deep, they were getting pressure on Drew Brees and causing problem so that whole playoffs they were really the the team that actually moved the ball best was the washington football team with their Hanky. fourth string quarterback yep. XFLer. Yeah. yep
1: yeah pretty crazy which was so weird too because like th- that was kind of added like okay they're gonna kill this guy it's like no he, he played really well and walking out of his mind team. yep yeah skin's not that bad they might be somebody to uh, look out for I know you like their receiver. I know that. I know he was Terry on your ranking. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you watch that? <laughs> uh, Who was number Oh, Tyree Kill, you had number one. I
0: have Tyree Kill, number one. Um, surprised me a little bit. Yeah, there, a lot of people have Devontae Adams. I, think the I was going to say I would have picked him, yeah. The reason for Hill is I think he is the biggest game changer in the league, I think, at any skill position. The, his ability to score on literally any play that he touches the ball is, is so dynamic. And then just from a lot of the ways that I look at wide receivers is like from watching Bill Belichick's defenses all these years. It's like, what respect does Bill Belichick give this player? Right. Like, when the Patriots play the Chiefs, they literally double team him on every play. And it's not like in a traditional way. It's like they put two players on him and they don't let him like go down the field they they make everyone else beat him. So, to me that just tells me that Bill Belichick thinks this player is that special that he has to do this specific game plan to take this guy out of the game. Now, not to say that any other receiver isn't great. They are they are great in their own ways, but because of Tyreek Hill's speed, it's just such a difference maker to me. And it's that's not his only skill either, but that's that's just a skill that in a way kind of like Randy Moss, he can beat you down the field in a way that no other player can
1: true yeah you' always got a double hill uh, I know Kelsey yep. is, is a beast I'd rather him get 100 yards receiving than Kel- uh, than hill yeah. getting 200 or whatever on 260 yard bombs you know what I mean he's dangerous yeah
0: that changes the game right like you can that's exactly what the bucks did wrong in the first game yep and they did right yep. in the second game is they said okay we're not going to worry so much about Kelsey. Like, if you're throwing the ball five yards to him, we're worried about Tyreek Hill. So uh, that was a big difference for them.
1: The second, third, fourth quarter, and then the Super Bowl, those seven quarters, they Mm -hmm. figured it out. That first quarter against the Chiefs was like, fuck. You know, like, just completely uh, meltdown. And it was
0: was boneheaded, too. Like, you're like, why do you have – this guy on an island like no team in the league does this i know that you like like you think carlton davis is a good player he's a good corner but like to put him on an island versus this guy is is not good
1: so he, he can't do that yeah. with uh tyreek hill being your uh, number one receiver you had a couple surprises in there you had julio very high right you yeah had, uh...
0: julio's still in the top six for me i think he's gonna go to tennessee and have a great year sure he's one of the best of all time in my opinion
1: I'm trying to think of the guy from uh, the 49ers that you like uh, is it uh, brandon ayuk? Ayuk. ayuk yep
0: yeah yeah i like brandon ayuk a lot he's only been a rookie he's only had a rookie season but he is very very dynamic i think in all aspects uh, i think what kyle shanahan has done there in, in san francisco is is great in terms of finding players that because kyle is so unique in as a play caller i think he's one of the best and he can really get guys open, so he wants guys that can get the ball, and when they get the ball, they can make plays after the catch, and, and Brandon Ayuk is that type of guy. He's just very special in open space. Um, he's almost like a bigger version of Debo Samuel and mm-hmm. kind of like, I would say, faster as well. So he has a traditional sense to of a traditional number one receiver with that Debo Samuel mentality.
1: What about them getting Lance at QB? What do you think? Yeah. If that's a project or he's going to play right away? Oh,
0: man, it's tough because they're so good. Like, they are I know that they weren't good last year, but they're really injuries, talented. Though. They were a lot of injuries. Hurt. Weren't they the most injured
1: team in the league, I think, or up yeah. there?
0: Yeah, by far. I think it was them and Dallas who had like the most uh, man games lost or whatever. But San Francisco – they're so talented they won the Super Bowl 2 years ago and i really think whoever the quarterback is they're going to be successful probably make the playoffs but i think they'll start with Jimmy Garoppolo and i wouldn't be surprised if it was almost like another Colin Kaepernick situation where it was like he kind of cuz remember when Colin Kaepernick kind of he didn't get a start at the beginning of the year like he kind of like took over for Alex Smith like at the yep. end of the season yep as the team was riding momentum i could see that happening with Lance, I wasn't super high like on Lance. I actually thought they should have taken Mac Jones personally, which I thought was the rumor the whole time. But I thought
1: so too. That's why Mac was so pissed.
0: Yeah, and I think the fit though with Lance, if it if it all goes well, is really good because Kyle's run game is is awesome, and then if you combine that with Lance's ability to run, that just opens up another dimension of this team and. I do think the only reason they lost the Super Bowl was because J- Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't make the plays at the end of the game. So,
1: literally, you make one play, Garoppolo, or one two play. plays, yeah. You know they they would have won. It just like man, it's a, one of those things where I don't know. He, I think Garoppolo is good, but I don't know if he's yeah. that guy. Lance, I don't know according to potential, could be that guy. He's just a he's a kind of a physical freak too. Yeah, he's a, he's a
0: specimen. He's got a big arm. He can run fast. He's huge. He's kind of like that Josh Allen type of guy. I don't think he showed the prowess to throw the ball, but even Josh Allen took some time to get accurate with it. So we'll we'll see. I I think if you can just implement him to start running the ball 10 times a game and kind of make it easy on him throwing the ball, I think you'll have something.
1: What's going on with your boy Aaron Rodgers? What's going on with him? (laughs)
0: First off, he's not really my boy. I'll say that. I I mean, like a lot of people think I'm an Aaron Rodgers hater and I I don't necessarily think I'm an Aaron Rodgers hater. I just don't like when people compare Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady. That's when I become an Aaron Rodgers hater. Okay, John. But uh, (laughs) overall, I think he's I think he's just frustrated in terms of the, the team hasn't been winning. Um, the way that he would like uh, now, I think it, it's kind of funny because I think he should have been complaining five years ago, to be honest with you, because that's when the team wasn't very good around him. Right now, that, the team is really good.
1: So, one of the best running backs, Aaron Jones, and then one of the best receivers, if not the best, and Devontae Adams. Yeah. It's crazy. Now you're complaining like what the hell?
0: They had five All Pros last year, and when you look at like take rankings across the board, you you said it. They have one of the top ten running backs. They have arguably the best receiver. They have arguably the best left tackle. They had the best center in the league who left. They had arguably a top three corner in Alexander. They have great pass rushers. I mean, across the board, they have a very good team. (laughs) So, like, I don't know where you're going to go. And they have a good coach. I don't know where you're going to go that's going to be a better situation than you have in Green Bay. So... I, I don't know what he is looking for because I honestly think he is going to play this year and then it's going to not end very well. And I don't really think it's because the team isn't good. I just don't think the situation is good. And I think that's going to blow up in their face. And then I feel he's going to leave and go to Denver. That's what I think is going to happen next year. And I think Denver, to me, I've said this a few times this offseason, if you watch the channel is like, I think they're the the bucks of 2 years ago. Like they're absolutely loaded, but they need a quarterback.
1: I could see that. Yeah. It's funny, it's funny like when that happens like, "Oh, they got all the talent. Most important position is mm-hmm. QB still no matter what." And you need to have a good quarterback and Denver does not. And which is crazy, Elway, who is arguably, you know, top 5 of all time, cannot f- <laughs> figure out how to get a good quarterback yeah. in there.
0: Well, he got Peyton, I'll say that. I always well, defend John Elway in terms of his his first few years because he was able to recruit Peyton Manning, and then once he got Peyton Manning, he put a heck of a team around him to win. Best defense
1: know. I've seen in a long time. Yep.
0: They were phenomenal uh, defensively, and they brought in, you know, they had Demarius Thomas, they had Eric Decker, they had then they had uh, Emmanuel Sanders, they had Wes Welker, they had a great offensive line. Uh, they were a great team, and I always looked at them with, you know, because New England was, it was them in New England for those few years, really, who was going to go to the Super Bowl. That was a fun moment in the NFL, but I kind of miss Peyton. But, um, yeah, I, I, I do defend John Elway for that because I, I do think that he was a huge reason they could have won two Super Bowls. They went to two of them. They got blown out in one of them. But,
1: yep. Yeah. Hey, I always like Peyton's brother better. I'm an Eli yeah, guy.
0: Eli. Eli, I mean, he's, he's broken my heart a couple of times.
1: You you gotta love that. It's funny. A buddy of mine was saying, Oh, Eli. Oh, he stinks. He's overrated. All this stuff. I'm like, put it this way. Joe Namath, right? If you look at his career record, not Mm -hmm. that good, but he beat beat the Colts. He made the prediction. He made the NFL. He's a, he's a hall of famer. Eli beat the greatest team of all time. And he has two Super Bowl MVPs. I was like, yeah, he's easily a Hall of Famer and he is an all time great. That Patriots team that he beat, arguably, Uh. if they went undefeated, would be known as the greatest team of all time.
0: Yeah. I think they, I I honestly think they still are. (laughs) I mean, I think at least it's up for debate that they were so, like, I've never seen a team, they're the only team in history that it literally looked like a video game. Like, they yep. were destroying teams. I remember a game they beat the Redskins. I guess, I, I don't know if I can say that, but they beat Washington uh, football team now. Uh, mm. Like, and they were a decent team. I think they were like 7-9, 8-8, eight eight or something like that. They beat them by like 50-something points. Like, it was ludicrous the way they were beating teams. Like, they beat the, the AFC championship team, the Chargers, who were phenomenal. I mean, they had ridiculous talent. LT, Antonio Gates, and, and Phillip Rivers. And they beat them on Sunday Night Football 38-14. Like it was nothing. Like it was easy. They they were beating good teams. In that era of the AFC, too, they were loaded. They they had the Steelers with Ben and, and the Chargers, and they had the Colts with Peyton, and they had uh, Ray Lewis's Ravens. And, I mean, they were loaded. And they were destroying teams. So that was a really fun year. That was probably the year for me cuz i was only i was only like 12 ish so i was pretty young but that that was the year that really made me like a die hard nfl fan cuz that i think that changed the nfl in a lot of ways changed offense
1: they really had a, t- a couple of tough games that year. The Ravens were tough that year, and oh, when they and played it. the Giants, one of the last games of the year, yeah. that game was tough. So it's like, Coughlin, uh, he's got something figured out here. And it's funny, too, because yeah. Belichick, even before the game, was like, Justin Tuck is going to be a problem. Like, So they uh, knew going into it. I don't know if they knew he was going to play tackle instead of end, but they said Tuck's going to yeah. be a problem. So you got Yuman Yorah, Strahan, and Tuck all going after their brain. I always say, I know you're,
0: you said Eli is the man. Tuck was the... Yeah, he should have been MVP of of those games. Both, I think, especially the second one. To be honest, he was like ridiculous. Now that was a little bit different situation because I thought the Giants were just as good uh, as the Patriots that you're going into the game. Um, But the Patriots, like, were such a big favorite in the first game. I honestly think what hurt them was they were undefeated, so they had so much pressure. And number two, I I felt like you could kind of sense, like, I don't know if you remember this, but in in the media days and stuff like they were super cocky like brady was sort of like uncharacteristically confident and like weirdly like i remember plaxico burris said the score would be like 2017 for the giants and then brady laughed he's like we're only going to score 17 points they ended up scoring 14 points yeah <laughs> um but and yeah burris that was a weird the game play in
1: history of the giants yes yeah crazy. it was
0: such a weird crazy game with Tyree and that was of course the marquee play which was uh, probably the craziest play ever but there were a lot of other plays in there too and even weird like calls I remember the Patriots went for it on like fourth and 15 and they could have kicked the field goal like there was weird things. Samuel dropped a pick and yeah, I was a gonna say stuff.
1: Yep, right on the sideline. yeah, to, a lot play. of
0: stuff happened in that game where it just felt like it was the Giants' moment when it was unraveling. It was just like this one. Maybe they don't beat them eight out of ten times, but on this one day, the Giants were the better team and they were able to come out with the win.
1: Yep, I knew it was going to be close, but you figure the three-headed beast coming after Brady. You knew he yeah. wasn't going to be able to set his feet all day. He was going to have a problem, and then in that that second Super Bowl, Tuck forces the—I uh, guess the you could safety. say safety—but he yeah. obviously Brady just tossed it because he didn't yeah. want to get get taken out. But that was Tuck again. He, I mean, and it's funny Belichick knew he's like this guy's—he's a problem—and they couldn't figure him out for whatever reason because you couldn't really double him because then you manure is free. So, I mean, and then yeah. the second Super Bowl they had JPP, so I mean th- that was a problem. Yeah, crazy. they had
0: JPP basically instead of Strahan, right? Yep. So, yeah, the first one was Strayhand. The second one was JPP. And I always look back at those Super Bowls as I think one guy that's now become crazy underrated who should be a Hall of Famer one day is Wes Walker. Wes Walker, he, had, of course, had the infamous drop in the second game. Yep. He should have been the MVP of the first game. If, they, if the Patriots would have won that game – he had, like, 12 catches, which I think might have been a, a record. He had over 100 yards, um, and he's, he's he was a multiple-time All-Pro, led the league in receptions, I think, three times. Like, to me, he kind of redefined a position, the slot, slot receiver position. I think he'll go on to be a Hall of Famer, but to me, that's, that's kind of a, a big moment because it's weird that they won all these Super Bowls, but Welker was never actually on one of the teams that ended up winning one of them. And, and now Edelman's looked at as kind of like that guy, right? That clutch yep. guy in comparison. Um, but yeah, the Giants, that game, that second game is <laughs> the Patriots. I don't even know, like they were so good on offense that year and Brady was so good, their defense was horrendous. They they were like the worst defense. And it's funny that it was a low scoring game in the Super Bowl they were so bad. They, like, I don't think a, a quarterback has ever taken a, that bad of a defense to the Super Bowl. They were ranked 31st in the league that year, and they went to the Super Bowl. But the thing that hurt them was Gronk had a broken ankle.
1: Yes. He could have made that catch. He's about two, you know, not two yeah. feet, but he, he's probably about five inches taller. He would have probably made that catch, and that's who the ball would have went to.
0: Yeah, and he had seventeen touchdowns that year. That was like the best tight end year of all time, and that's a big reason they went to the Super Bowl. And he he broke his ankle the game before, versus the Ravens, where they just squeaked away from the Ravens. But yeah, th- those Giants teams were always clutch. They beat they beat Rogers and Lambeau that year too.
1: Yep, killed them. Um, yep, Yeah, killed them. Yeah, he was. know Rogers sometimes in the playoffs goes into like this weird shell. Like if you hit him, you know, like the Giants. I mean, I remember O.C. hit him. And the next time he was kind of got into like a shell and then they strip sacked him. Like he yeah. had a guy open and they strip sack him because he kind of went into a shell. I don't know he he's, he's a weird one. It's like when people compare you, you could say seven titles to one title when you compare him and Brady. But to me, it's it's yeah. wa- like watch the game. It's like Brady is so like re- elevates his level. I don't know. Rogers almost it's from like regular a- season, always goes down. The
0: way I describe it is like it's like a mental toughness thing. It's like a composure. Brady is the best of all time because of his mental toughness more than anything. Because, of course, just look at the comebacks that he's had on the biggest stages. But Aaron Rodgers, it's almost the opposite. Like he has all the gifts in the world. And some people say like he's the best of all time because of those gifts. Right? Fair enough. But he's not the greatest because... Every time, like, a lot of the times, he doesn't have a lot of comebacks. Like if you actually just look at most comebacks of all time, and I think that's part of the mental toughness of he's sort of a momentum guy. So, mm. like, when it's building at the beginning of the game, he's unbelievable, he's unstoppable. But even when you saw, the, like, this year, the Bucks game in the NFC Championship, right? Um And, and the, especially the earlier Bucks game. Like, he just kind of folded the, this the 49ers game a couple years ago he kind of folded like if you get down if you get in his face and things aren't going his way it, it almost feels like he's incapable of kind of rising to the occasion and and leading the team
1: it was weird too you remember when they went for two against the bucks and the buck literally just got his finger on it and the guy ended up dropping it yeah, it yeah. was weird his whole like I don't demeanor. everything, yeah. To me, deme- everything wasn't like, all right, let's get him, whatever. It was just like, uh there goes this game. Like, he was like yeah. devastated. Not good for a starting QB. Not that he's not great, but it's just a weird attitude to have. He definitely is a momentum guy.
0: Yeah. That's the thing where I always disagree with people where it's, it's like, oh, if rogers was on the Patriots, they would have won this many Super Bowls. It's like, Okay, no, <laughs> like no, mm-hmm. like I don't. Uh, all the hypotheticals, and and that's why I get labeled as a as a Rodgers uh, hater. But it's like I don't think, especially with the way that Rogers has gotten along with certain coaches and, and things, I don't know if he would have gotten along with Belichick. Definitely I, not. I, I really don't because I don't think his. I don't know the guy, but it just feels like the ego uh, of Aaron Rodgers is it's, it's fair. Like he's a great player. You want certain things, but Tom Brady was able to set that ego aside, um, and get ripped, get ripped in the meeting rooms when he's Tom Brady. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't think most coaches would be like to their hall of fame, best of all time. Like Tom, the, the Boston high quarterback could throw a better pass than this, you know? So um, I just yeah, I think with Aaron Rodgers he's a he's a funny one because I love watching him play because he's such a dynamic and special talent. But also you have to realize that all quarterbacks have their faults and it just so happens that kind of Rodgers, I feel like it, it's always been mental with him.
1: Now I don't think also Seattle Super Bowl down ten, I don't see him coming back scoring two touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like like Brady right. did, where it's like, okay, we're getting beat up this whole game, we don't look that good. Brady mental Tufts is like no I, f- I have it figured out we're going to go down we're going to score two touchdowns we're going to win this damn thing. Obviously uh Malcolm Butler saves the day all the way at the end, but to even get to that point was was all Brady in that fourth quarter.
0: That was the craziest. That's my favorite game of all time probably or at least one of them. And the the play people forget in that game is the Jermaine think- Curse catch.
1: I was going to say that was First of all, bullshit, but, but lucky as hell. Like, how the hell like, did that even happen?
0: But imagine the headspace of, I'm, I'm scarred, okay? Because I've seen D- David Tyree, I've seen Mario Manningham, yep. and now we got Jermaine Curse <laughs> kicking the ball to himself. I'm like, name. are you kidding me? So that is why when I... That is probably the greatest, even more so than the Atlanta game. Because... For a Patriots fan, even though we won those three Super Bowls um, earlier in the 2000s, I was pretty young. I, I I watched the games, but I was pretty young, so I didn't I couldn't really fully like grasp it. When we got to 2014, we had gone through all these years of we're always in the playoffs, we're always good, but we always lose. And then we get to the Super Bowl, and that play happens. Like, oh, it's gonna happen again. And then all of a sudden, the Malcolm Butler—that's de- the greatest switch of momentum and result, I think, in sports history. Where it's just elation of of feeling that you're gonna win now. <laughs> like, so yeah, that's a crazy. That's a crazy game.
1: That was crazy. You're like, oh, why is why is Belichick not calling for timeout? Yeah. Why isn't he calling timeout? And all of a sudden, Butler knew what they were gonna run. It, I guess at the interview afterwards, he's like, I knew what they were doing. Yeah. So he obviously cut it off. He actually ran the route for the receiver and picked it up. Man, that was awesome. What a change of momentum, but they shouldn't even have been down there. That curse catch no. was insanely lucky. Yeah. But as we head towards the finish, head towards the wind in here, I can talk to you about football all day and maybe we, we will one day, but yeah. uh, as far as the juke, what's with Dr. Jen, what's going on uh, the latest? What do we have to look forward? To?
0: So I actually, we had, we talked the other day, just yesterday about kind of the future or the plans of the show and what we want to do. And I think our plans for, Coming up, we want to get some good guests on. We don't exactly know who they're going to be, but some pretty big names in the realm of the NFL and football in general, and we're going to be doing some big interviews and kind of like kickoff show type vibe for the NFL, so we're really working on that. Now, if you don't know what the jukes about every Wednesday, we are live on Twitch, Dr. Jen Welter on Twitch. I, you can also find some clips on my channel, the bottom line view, if you're just interested in seeing, oh, what's, you know, a quick 10 minutes or a quick five minutes about, then you could check it out for yourself. But yeah, so it's been a lot of fun just to to talk to somebody, you know, professional in the space because I've never really had that ability before of understanding what it's like as a coach and understanding what it's like in the locker rooms and that's kind of the vibe you get from jen she likes to keep it fun she likes to keep it you know she always says to me like we don't want to be like every other nfl show we want to keep it like more fun and more accessible to an audience that isn't necessarily into like all of the x's and o's and things in it and it's nice to have that vibe from somebody that is so involved as a football person so that's kind of what we look to do. It's also been pretty cool to you know, interview some people that I like was watching on TV, like a Matt Leinert or, or guys like that, who we have interviewed. Um, so we're definitely going to be doing that moving forward, and we're really excited for this upcoming season.
1: And hopefully, with uh, Russo brand and, and Realm, you do a fantasy football show. Man, that's the only sport yeah. that I really care about, as far as really fantasy. any care about anyway, but fantasy football I love. And I'm always kind of curious because those fantasy shows, I want them to write down to so like, who should I, not only who should I pick, <laughs> who should I play this week? I got this option, yeah, this option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who should I play? You know what I mean? They always kind of beat around the bush and, oh, this guy, but his numbers here. No, who, who should I play? I want to know more, you know, fantasy football, hard information because some right. of those shows kind of skirt around to try to always sound correct you know what i mean I want that's some the problem best, yeah
0: you, you, you gotta just leave your opinion out if you're wrong you gotta be a man and stand up for yourself it's the same thing i think with like gambling or betting advice as well it's like this is my opinion now you don't gotta agree you don't gotta bet i didn't say go bet on this game but this is your opinion this is my opinion on what you sh- what you can do and what i think i'm gonna do um and the same thing is for fantasy it's like i think you should pick this player because i'm gonna pick this player
1: Right. Now, uh, where can everybody find the Juke, BLV, and everything else you got going on?
0: Yeah, so the Juke, you could find it in a lot of different places in terms of social media. You could give us a follow at the Juke pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us every Wednesday live on Twitch at Dr. Jen Welter. Just search up her name, even on Google, and it will pop up. First thing that pops up is Twitch. And then you can find the bottom line view Myself on Instagram, we are at the Bottom Line View. You can follow me at Mitch Milani, and then of course on YouTube, just search uh, the Bottom Line View or Bottom Line View, and it will pop up. But NFL content, looking to really pump some things up for the Bottom Line View coming up before the season.
1: Nice. Before we let you go, give us one player to look out for this season oh. that uh, we should probably pick. Doesn't have to be too obscure, Fantasy? but somebody. Yeah, fantasy wise who, who, who should we look out for hmm. okay one player you
0: should look out for is los angeles rams running back cam Akers. that is somebody that i think is going to get a lot of hype heading into the season i think the rams will have a very good offense i love matthew stafford i love sean McVay. And I think that offense is going to score a lot of points. But the nucleus of it always has been the run game for McVay. And I don't think that will change. I think Akers is the new Todd Gurley for his offense. So he's going to put up a lot of points.
1: Nice. Good stuff, Mitch. Thank you, as always. I appreciate all the time today.
0: Yeah, thank you, John. Appreciate it.
1: brother.